My goodness. Wow. Okay, let me tell you, I have the opportunity to speak in a lot of churches around the country. Let me just share this with you real quickly. You probably know this. I need to say it. You are blessed. You are blessed. Wow. Thank you. Woo, mercy. All right, here's what we're going to do. I just have a, a short amount of time. Uh, we're going to dig into God's Word. Find a Bible, find something. Uh, look on your phone, on your iPad. I actually charged mine. I have it with me. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn to John chapter 6. We're going to make a few observations in God's Word tonight. Is that okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a couple of things in God's Word tonight, and we're going to have this common theme. Uh, we're just going to stay with it. Now, normally on a night like tonight, we're talking about missions, we're talking about things like that, and having, you know, studied theology in school, I can tell you that in college and in university, we were required to attend chapel services three times a week. Right, that so it was a requirement, and, and I'll never forget. Um, Sister Smith was our roll keeper, and she sat in the balcony to where she could see everybody. And after the second chapel service that you attended, wherever you sat on that day, you were locked there for the rest of the semester. And she would count heads to take a roll. And you were only allowed in one, in one given semester two absences from chapel. And I can tell you right now that the most missed chapel service was Mission Chapel. True story. Mission Chapel. And the reason was it's because when people went to Mission Chapel and they heard people talk about going, they were petrified that somebody would send them to the Congo or East Asia. And so they didn't want to go, so they just simply skipped Missions Chapel. And I can remember multiple times getting up, getting ready for chapel, and looking at my roommate and go, what's the message on today? Listening to see if it was Mission Day to talk about going and being sent. And when I was in school, this was always the scary thing for me. Until I had this moment in my life when I matured and my, and my faith was growing and I was transforming as a believer, that I had a simple, uh, I had this moment of crisis that I had to make a decision. And the decision was this, am I going to be all in? That was it. I had this I had this aha moment in my walk, and I had to make a decision, am I going to be all in? And from, from that point on, I had a different prayer. Now, when I wrote my first book, the title of the first book was called The Difference Maker, and it was a fable about making a difference in the lives of others. And I was freak, I've been frequently asked to speak on that book. And so one of the things people have asked me, what does it look like to be a difference maker leader? And so there's a series of things. If you read the book, you come up with all these things. And the last thing to mark what it really means to be a difference maker in the world is, are you all in? And so the challenge I'm going to give you tonight is, is really about 
your walk and whether or not you're in or whether or not you're all in. And for me, the crisis that I had in my life, ultimately I had this moment, and believe it or not, it wasn't one of the classic texts on going and being sent, Acts 1-8, but believe it or not, it was somewhere else in Scripture that I found the tipping point for me. And it was in John chapter 6. Now, here's what's interesting. We're going to dig in. We're going to make some observations out of John chapter 6. But here's what's absolutely fascinating about this text. It is the only text in the Gospels that is found in all four Gospels. Now, that right there should tell you something. It is the only story found in all four Gospels. Now, I learned this growing up. That if my mama told me once, she meant it. If she had to tell me twice, I was in trouble. Heaven help all of us if she had to tell me three times. If Jesus says, I'm going to talk to you about it four times, I'm thinking it's probably something we should pay attention to. It's a story every single one of us knows we've been taught if you've been in church for any longer than a breath you've probably heard it it's the story of Jesus feeding the 5000 that's probably what's titled in your chapter and verse but in reality what we know is it's 5000 men so it's probably 20000 total people i want you to look at this story because there's something very important it's told in all four gospels i like the one in john Because it points out something, for me, it was a turning point in my life. And I just want to make some observations and share this with you tonight. John chapter 6, verse 1. We're just going to get a running head start on this. And it says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Now, if you go into the other gospel accounts, you'll learn very quickly one of the observations that you will make when you're looking at Scripture, one of the clear things things that you'll see is Jesus sees these people and it says he had compassion, which is another word for love. He didn't see all these throngs of people and immediately look at them and go, what are they doing? He didn't judge them. He looked at them and he had compassion and he immediately started meeting a need. He immediately started healing the sick. Verse 4, the Jewish Passover festival was near. We know about what time this takes place. Verse 5, when Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, and this is probably where the letters start to turn red in your Bible, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Pay attention to verse 6. He asked this only to Test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Let me pause right there and make an observation. Frequently, I realize after reading this that there's moments in my life, there's things that happen in my life that I am being tested on. The second part of that verse says, Jesus already knew what he was going to do, and I found great comfort 
and that Jesus knows what's going to happen. I find great comfort in knowing and understanding and reading in Scripture that Jesus is never surprised. When there's an attack somewhere in the world and bad people do bad things, and my daughter calls me in the middle of the night and says, Dad, I'm never having kids because I can't bear the fact of bringing them into a world so terrifying. I'm comforted when I'm able to tell my daughter that Jesus is still in control. He's never surprised, and he's never taken off guard. A very simple observation. He looks at Philip, and he says, how are we going to feed him? Look at 7, verse 7. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Philip's very pragmatic. The observation that I make right there is that Philip looks at the crowd, he scans the crowd, he does the math. Okay, for you to do this, it's going to be about this much. Philip probably was in the hospitality business at some point in time. And he's doing the math. Now, here's where it gets good, and here's the tipping point for me. Verse 8. And by the way, it's highlighted on my iPad for a reason. Verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Verse 9. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Now, look at your Bible. Is there a period or a comma? Tell me. Period or a comma? Comma. There's no period. Had there been a period, the story would be completely different. Here's a small boy, two fish and five loaves. Period. But no. The tipping point for me happened right after the comma. Here's a small boy with two fish and five loaves, but look what he says. How far will they go among so many? But this crazy little three-letter word have you ever looked up the definition for but? It's contrasting the thought. It's taking one line of thinking and giving a completely different contrasting line of thinking. And for years, I've read this story a thousand times, and I was having this crisis that I need to be all in, and I come to this story, and I realize Andrew is standing in front of the creator of the universe, and he has the answer. Two fish and five loaves. He has the answer. He has the answer right there. He has seen Jesus perform miracles time after time after time again. He knows what Jesus is capable of doing. And he comes and he presents the answer to the creator of the universe. And then he says, but it's not enough for all these people. And I was convicted to my core. You know why? Because I have said the exact same thing to Jesus. Jesus, I would love to go on a mission trip, but I'm completely unqualified. 
I don't speak the language. I would love to go. I don't have the resources. I would love to go. I don't have the time. I would love to go. I have no vacation. I would love to go. Fill in the blank. I had them all. How frequently has God brought an opportunity to our feet and said, let me show you the glory that I'm capable of presenting? And our response is, I would love to, but. Fortunately for the 20,000 people there, Jesus was in control. And with or without Andrew, Jesus was going to do it. Fortunately for Andrew, he was able to participate in the biggest miracle up to that point. The challenge I want to give you tonight in just a short amount of time is this. What is God putting in front of you that he's offering you an opportunity to see him unfold his glory? And we possibly miss it because of a but. We know how the story ends. He fed them, and there was leftovers. My crisis of faith was, am I all in, or am I going to continue to live my life in the butt? And the minute I kept going to another level, I started to see God's glory unfold in ways that I've never experienced in my life. And here's the challenge I'm going to give you for the next, I don't know, pick it, 48 hours, week, 30 days. I do not care. Here's the challenge I'm going to give you. I have one simple prayer every single day. I prayed it this morning. prayed it tonight. I'll pray it tomorrow morning. I have one simple prayer. All I ask is that you pray this one simple thing. Here's what I want you to pray. Father, all I have are two simple fish and five loaves. It does not seem like much. But in your hands, it's everything. Do with it as you will. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. I dare you. If you do it, Strap on your seatbelt because God will unleash all of heaven and will blow you away. Will absolutely blow you away. Find your piece of paper that you were supposed to have in your hand. Let me see it. Everybody grab your paper. Grab your paper. Let's see it right here. Got it? Let me see it. Now, if you're a good Baptist, you've already read this during service. <laughs> Daniel asked you to fill out the top part of it. There's one thing I need you to understand very clearly. The top of this piece of paper says commitment card. Now, let me tell you, having been a Baptist all of my life, having gone to school, having studied theology, 
having spent time in churches, let me just share with you one thing I know about any piece of paper that says commitment card. Here's what I know. Ouch, this is scary. Now, here's what I need you to pay attention to. This says commitment card for East Asian Connection. Right underneath here where it says name, address, and email, there is a simple sentence, and the sentence says this, I would like more information about dot, dot, dot. Let me just make something very, very, very clear about this piece of paper. This is a commitment to get more information. Are we clear? Everybody nod your head. This means yes. This means no. I mean, are we clear? This is a commitment for more information. This is not a commitment to buy a ticket to East Asia. Are we clear? Good. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to prayerfully consider what's on this card. And I want you to notice that no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what level of resources you have, no matter how much time you have, every single opportunity to say but has most likely been removed from this piece of card. Because this is anything from simply praying for those who are going to interacting with those who are right here to ultimately going. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to fill this out and whatever you believe God is laying on your heart to find out more about. I just want you to check it. And then you're going to have an opportunity to turn it in. There are tables outside these doors that are clearly marked that you can give them there. We're going to take an offering. You can put it in there. We're going to have an invitation. If you would like to come and pray here, you are more than welcome to come and pray here and leave your card here on the altar if you like. If there's any way that you need to get this card in someone's hands, find somebody that was standing up here on stage and hand them this card. Let me share something with you. This is God saying, I have a multitude of people that need fed. Are you going to love them and feed them? And our response is, all I have is two fish and five loaves. It doesn't seem like much. And here's your choice. It's either a period or a comma. All I have is two fish and five loaves, period, in your hands. They're everything. Or comma, I wish I could, but I just don't have enough time. Find out more. Find out more. Last thing, flip over to Acts 1.8. I want to show you something really quick. Julie quoted it. I love it. It's a phenomenal verse, but I want to create, I want to do an observation real quick. I want you to see something. 1.8. Very few people get this. Uh, this is one of the most quoted uh, missionary uh, go uh, verses. But I want, you to, I want you to see something very quickly here. Very, very quickly. Here's what I want you to see. In Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in, what's the very first place? Where? Jerusalem. Here's what, I, here's what I need you to pay attention to. Observation. I need you to go back up in the text just a little bit, and I need you to see something very, very clear. I need you to go back up to verse 4. And I need you to pay attention to something. You probably know this, but it's really cool. Verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this 
command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the Father's promise, which you've heard me talk about. Here's the deal. Jesus gave, him, gave them the commission to go, and the first place he listed was where? Jerusalem. Just a few verses prior to that, he told them, do not leave here yet until you have the Holy Spirit with you. The point is this, when Jesus told them to go, he started with where they were. Where are you right now? That's what you need to be considering. Where are you right now? That's where you need to go. Let's pray. Father, God, your word has spoken very, very clearly. We've seen the mission. Father, we see the need. Lord, you have shown us the multitude. And Father, they're hungry. And Lord, you have asked us to feed them. Father, as clearly as you asked Philip, how are we going to feed him? As clearly as you asked Philip, how are we going to feed him, Father? I, you're asking us right now. Father, my prayer is that you would open our hearts, that we would have compassion. Father, I pray that you would fill us with strength and courage and wisdom. And Father, I pray that you hear our prayers as we offer up our simple two fish and five loaves. And in your hands, multitudes can be fed. We ask this in your son's precious and holy and mighty and awesome name. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. This is a time of invitation. Every opportunity we get, we give an invitation. And there's a lot of things that you can do with this time. If you're new to this church and, and, and you want to know more about this Jesus that we're talking about, there's going to be pastors down here. There's going to be people down here at the front. It's an opportunity to come down and reach out your hand and just simply say, I want to know more about this Jesus. And they will share that with you. It could be an opportunity if you're visiting tonight that you need a church home. There's no finer home in this city than this home right here. It could be a night that you're a believer in the, and, and you have followed Christ and you're in, but you need to be all in. And this is an opportunity to just come down here and just pour your heart out at this altar and say, God, I want to be all in. Here's what I have. Use it. You may need to take another step. You, need, you may need to expand your story tonight and follow him in baptism. It could be an opportunity to stir the waters and tell a story like we talked about this morning. Whatever the case may be, now is the time to make a decision. Are you in? Or are you all in.